the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. We're back. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. You may be wondering, right off the rip, let's address the elephant in the room. You may be wondering, Nick, it's August 5th. Basketball's a long ways away. We're done with the draft. We're done with Summer League. What in God's name are you wearing a Pistons shirt for? Do you see that? Do you see the? If you're on the podcast, get on the YouTube. Do you see that? That's a great question. You beautiful, beautiful soul. You beautiful person. You beautiful mind. That's a great question. Why am I wearing a Pistons shirt at the beginning of August? I'll tell you why. And I'm doing you a favor here. I owe this to you. I owe this to myself. I owe this to anybody who's ever even thought about the Detroit Pistons or watching a game or becoming a fan. We just put out the most gasoline Detroit Pistons design these eyes have ever seen. And listen, this one I got on right now is fire. A little bit of a throwback, the vintage. It's a bad boys design. It's fire. It's a yes. You could plug this thing into your Tesla and it would charge that bitch for 300 miles. That's how sweet it is, right? We just put out the most gase Detroit Pistons design you've ever seen. We got t-shirts. We got crewnecks. We may or may not have hoodies. We're celebrating the teal. We're celebrating Jaden Ivey becoming the next great Detroit Piston, the next step on our return to glory. We're, we're celebrating Cade Cunningham being here. We're celebrating a new era of Pistons basketball. We're hold the phone. We feel good about it. People are excited about it. There's chatter in the streets about the Detroit Pistons. People are going to be jacked up to go to LCA this winter. ESPN's going to be going, hey, dude, we got to get the Detroit Pistons on a couple more prime times. Bill Simmons is going to be starting off his shows talking about how nasty Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham are in the backcourt together. That's why we made this design. Now, look, artistically, visually, the thing's fucking gorgeous anyway, right? It could be a design for a ninth grade church league, and you'd be like, that's fucking sick. I don't know what church calls themselves the Detroit Pistons, but I'd like to pray there every Sunday. That could be the case. Fortunately for us, it's not. Fortunately for us, it is the Detroit Pistons, a major four sport in America, three-time NBA championship, home of the bad boys, home of the going-to-work Pistons, and now home of the back-to-work Pistons. The Teals are back. We will avenge Grant Hill and that era. Cade Cunningham is the absolute man for the job to be the leader of this new era of Piston basketball moving forward. Jaden Ivey has been brought in, a guy who has historical connections to Detroit through his mom, through his dad, through, I think, his uncle maybe as well. I know he's got at least two connections. He may have three. A guy who will be the perfect complement to Cade Cunningham, a guy who seems, on all accounts, like someone who just wants to win who all they care about is winning. They don't give a fuck who scores the points, who has the ball, who does the celebration in the post-game interview. He just wants to win. He just wants to work hard. He just wants to bring glory to Detroit. The Teals, a new age, the rookie, the sophomore, every single thing about it, they're the nicest Pistons designs, certainly, that I've ever made. I think they're the nicest Pistons designs I've ever seen. You have to check them out. The second string.com. I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't start this episode off with three and a half minutes on this design, imploring you, begging you to check it out. I know it's August. I know we're go, we got a long way to go. It's only going to be on sale until Sunday, August 7th. So you got two days, three days from hearing this to get your paws on it. Do not make that mistake. I'll tell you this right now. The same shit happened 
with the Lions design. When the Lions picked up Hutchinson and Jamison Williams, I made a Lions design. It was nasty, as all of my designs are. It was sick. It was filth. It was grosser than the bathroom floor of a Benihana's on Sunday at lunch. I don't even know the most busy day of the week for Benihana's. Sunday at lunch, that bathroom floor, probably pretty fucking gross, though. It was filthy. I put it on sale for a weekend, and wouldn't you know it, I take them down when I said I'd take them down. I said, you better hop on these now. You want a lion shirt? Hop on them now. Wouldn't you know it, I take them down. All kinds of people in my DMs. Hey, what about that lion shirt? Hey, how can I get that lion shirt? Wait, are you bringing back the lions? I fucking told you guys. I told you guys. I know I don't do the drop style where I only release it for a few days with everything. I only do it with specific designs that I really like that I really enjoy, that I really believe I'm going to sell a ton of them. I could put them on sale for an hour and I'd sell a ton of them because they're that nice and they have that much meaning to them. This Pistons design, it's the second time I've ever put something on the drop style. I believe the second time, at least for the sports designs. Um, I've done a couple of the have fun ones. The second time I've put a sports design on the drop style, listen, it's going to be there this weekend. You better fucking buy it. If you're a Pistons fan, if you like looking sick, if you like streetwear, if you like graphic design, you better fucking buy one because come Sunday, they will be off the page and I don't want to scroll through. Oh, wait, I didn't see it. Wait, can I still get that? What about the Pistons? Could you send me? Don't fucking spare me that, dude. Spare me that. It's going to be on sale this weekend. You do absolutely want to get your hands on it. Don't come crawling back to me because you saw this Friday and you go, no, I'll buy it Saturday or Sunday, and you missed out. If you want the shirt, and if you're a Pistons fan, you will. Buy it now. Don't miss out. Don't come crawling after Sunday. There it is, thesecondstring.com. Okay, folks, now we can get into the show. I genuinely did owe you that, though, is the thing. Like, I genuinely... I, I, I had to do that for, for both of us though. Right? Like if I'm putting my blood, sweat and tears into these designs, I'm not just like throwing shit up and saying, eh, that's fine. Whatever. Just write Detroit and it should be good. I'm like carefully thinking about how I want these designs to look. I want these designs to be as fresh as possible. I want these designs to be something that if you've never even heard of the Detroit Pistons, you can still look at it and go, wow, that's fucking cool to look at. I want one. I want so if you live in Juneau, Alaska, you're going, Doug, let's fucking I'm riding with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey if for no other reason than these sweet ass shirts. That's what I like. That's the effort. That's what I'm doing when I make these designs. So if I do all that and I go through all that and in my heart of hearts, I genuinely believe the product I'm making is that nice. What does that say about me if I'm going to just go? Uh, yeah, guys, I put out a new design. Um, OK, so let's talk about what does that say about me? If I just throw it out there once and I'm like, all right, forget it. What does that say about me? It kind of makes me a pussy, no? I kind of feels like I don't really believe in what I'm doing, right? Like, it can't be that great. This kid mentioned it for four seconds. That's why I spent six minutes. And for your sake, I don't want you to miss out on it. I've been there. I've missed out on shoe drops. I've missed out on tea drops. I've missed out on hats. All the things that I'm like, damn, bro, I want that. But I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. Or I didn't know it was a drop. I'll come back to it. I've missed out. And then I'm like, God damn it. I wish I had one of those. I can't find it anywhere on the internet. And I'm salty to this day. I'm doing it for you too. I don't want anyone out there to go, wait, Nick, this the second string, the Detroiter, he put these sweet Pistons shirts on sale. Why didn't I get one? Can I go get one now? I can't. I don't want anybody to miss out. If you want one, now's the time. Do not fuck it up. I promise you these things are going to fly. Do not fuck it up. 
I have to tell you, I owe it to both of us. All right, let's get into the episode today. Covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. Not a whole lot going on. Um, me dropping this Pistons shirt actually is probably the most exciting thing going on in the Detroit sports landscape this weekend. Michigan State basketball has been on a bit of a tear recruiting-wise, so we'll talk a bit about that. And then we'll just talk a little bit of shit. This will be like 20, 25, 30-minute episode. Not too long. I do, I do want to do a little bit of Izzo. A little bit of Michigan State hoops. Now, we're still far off. I think the season starts in November sometime, so we still got a ways to go. We'll, we'll be in football before we get to basketball. But Tom Izzo in the last couple of weeks, between Xavier Booker last weekend and Garrick Norman, I think Tuesday of this week, he is turning on the Jets. Tom Izzo wants to win a second national championship. He does. And I know it's like, oh, no shit type thing to say. I understand. But it felt like, and hear me out, hear me out, State fan. It felt like for a little bit there, we entered a recruiting law where it kind of felt like, does he though? Because he's got to know he can't win with some of these guys he's bringing in. And I don't want to be an asshole, right? But if I got to play college basketball and my school was paid for and I didn't have to pay these loans starting in October, Doug, you could make your own podcast and talk all the shit you want about me. I don't want to be that guy, but I have to be that guy if I'm going to be honest to myself and if I'm going to be honest to you. He was recruiting guys. The last couple of years, it felt like Izzo was going after guys, bringing in guys where it was like, is that going to beat Duke, Tom? Is the 6'4 white kid going to beat Kentucky, Tom? Is the guy who's like, you know, belongs at Davidson, is he going to beat Illinois, Tom? Is the 6'8 center yeah, is he going to get you past Wisconsin, Tom? Like we went through a little bit of a lull where he was bringing in guys where it's kind of like, I don't know if he should even be playing Division One basketball, let alone at Michigan State. Like we are trying to win a national championship, right? Like we're it's Michigan State, right? Like it's Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, UNC, Michigan State. Why are we bringing in guys that may or may not have come off the bench at the intramural level? At MSU, right? Like, I don't know exactly, Tom. I got nervous. I was nervous. I still am a little bit nervous. Like, we still got to put it all into motion and make it happen. But the recruiting trail, I know Cassius was there in the 2020 season. They got boned out of the tournament. 2021, we knew it would be a down year. Aaron Henry put the team on the back. And last year, they were fine, right? Like, they were all right. They went to the tournament. They won a game. That's not what we do, though. That's not what we do. Don't sit here and tell me, oh, they made the tournament. They won a game. Fucking, I don't care, bro. I don't give a fuck. Oh, they won the first game against Davidson? Fucking cool. I got up I got up today. I woke up this morning. Do I get a medal? Are you going to praise me for that? Dude, I don't give a shit. We're Michigan State. We're like the fifth biggest program in college basketball. Maybe Gonzaga. Like, we're top 10, no doubt about it. Oh, they won a game in the tournament? Who gives a fuck, bro? Who gives a fuck? It should be final four or bust every single season. And for a spell, Tom Izzo was recruiting like it was win a game in the tournament or bust every season. And that shit ain't going to fly at MSU. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if he's felt the pressure from the fan base. I don't know if he's felt it internally like his own underachievement, even though the final four in 19 was not that long ago. I don't know if he's felt like, damn, I'm actually getting kind of old. I don't know how many more cracks I'll have at this. I don't know what it is, but Tom Izzo's turned up the flame on recruiting. Xavier Booker, 
by all accounts, top three player in the country, 6'10", 6'11", center, probably going to be a one and done. A pair, I mean, he's a freak, dude. He's an alien. He's an alien. They looked like they took Jaron Jackson Jr. and then stretched them out a little bit more, and that they made Xavier Booker crazy. Jeremy Fears, top 40 guy, still seemingly a little underrated. One of the best point guards in America, combo guard, big body guard, great playmaker, can get to the hole and score, can shoot it, can play defense. Seems like the perfect MSU guy, just an all-around great guard. I've read shit about him. I've heard shit about him where it's like, dog, Jeremy Fears at State, people will lose playing time. I don't care if he's 17, 18, whatever. People are going to lose playing time the day he's eligible to play at MSU. And now we throw in Garrick Norman, 6'6", wing from Texas. The boy can shoot it. He's a big fucking body. He'll bang down low, take down a couple rebounds. He'll play a little defense. He's no Matt McQuaid to this point. Tom Izzo, I'm sure, is going to do everything in his power to change that on the defensive end. But he can stroke it. And the last few years, you look at these Michigan State teams, you look at why did we only win one game in the tournament? Why didn't we win a game in the tournament? Why did we finish seventh in the Big Ten? What's the common denominator these last couple of years? We don't have shooting. Ever since Cassius Winston left, ever since Matt McQuaid left, ever since Kenny Goins left, all these guys, we just don't shoot. We don't have guys that can shoot. Nobody shoots, at least not at a high level. Yeah, Jaden Akins will knock down a few. Ah. Uh, Joey Hauser will make a couple. Uh, Hogard doesn't really shoot. That's your starting point guard. Yeah, Tyson Walker, if he has 14 seconds, will knock it down, and he has balls that day. Yeah, he'll make a shot. Marcus Bingo will shoot it. He'll miss, though. Like, we don't have guys that make threes. We don't have a guy that can be the threat. If you help off his man, the ball is going in the bucket, or at least in his mind it is. Garrick Norman will be that guy. And, yeah, it'd be sick. It'd be sick if the three guys in this class were all the top three players in the country. If they were all five stars, they were all going to be one and done. That would be sick. But here's the thing. Here's why this class is very, very nice so far. And if they add this last kid, Cohen Carr, who's supposed to be an athletic monster on the wing, this is why it's nice already, this class. Because not everybody's going to always have the ball. Not everybody's going to be a superstar. Not everybody can be Jeremy Fears. Not everybody can be Xavier Booker. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need great players. You need high talent. Yes. You need role players, too. You need guys who don't need to have the ball. You need Garrick Norman to be able to stand in the corner, wait for Fears to break someone down, and put it right in the shooting pocket, up in it. Right? You need Xavier Booker to get doubled and have someone to kick it out to, where he knows when he makes that pass, that's three points for Green. You know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody can be the guy. That formula doesn't work. We've seen it in college. We've seen it in the NBA. You need a guy. You need two guys, maybe three guys. You need playmakers. You need role players. You need guys who can do shit without the ball. You need guys who don't demand ego-wise or both ego end to their game. They don't demand to have the ball. This class, Tom Izzo's recruiting right now, if he gets this Cohen Carr kid, it may be the best class he's ever recruited, honestly. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if it was the age, the fan base, the fact that he's just sick and tired of only having one natty. But the way he's recruiting this class, something fucking happened to Tom Izzo because he wants this shit. Huh? He wants it, bro. Xavier Booker? Was it the highest ranked recruit MSU's ever pulled? Top three guy ranked number one by 24-7? What's good? Jeremy Fears, Xavier Booker in the pick and roll is going to give people fucking nightmares, bro. That shit might be illegal 
by the end of the season. No, no. These two guys aren't allowed to play on the same team. You know how you ban, ban teams when you grew up playing pickup? Like, no, no, you two can't play together. That's not fair. Jeremy Fears and Xavier Booker halfway through the season are just going to be getting teed up. You can't run the – no, no, they can't run the pick and roll. That's not fair. How are we supposed to cover the top three 6'11 center and the 6'4 combo guard who can dice you up, shoot threes, pass it, get to the bucket, out physical you, make the smart play? How can we – we can't guard both of them. That's unfair. Time out, ref. That's unfair. That's the point we're going to get to. We have two guys in this class that are game changers, and not to mention they're going to be joining a stable. It's not going to be just the freshman. Xavier Booker is going to come in day one. He'll start, and he'll be heavily relied on. Jeremy Fears will have some time to ease into it. Pierre Brooks, Jaden Akins will be there. Other guys, Jackson Kohler will be in the front court. Who else am I forgetting at the guard? Well, Hogard will be back if he decides to. Tyson Walker may even. Like, there will be guys for Jeremy Fears to join. Xavier Booker, there will be some guys, but he's probably going to play day one. I don't know, dude. I just had to talk about it. Tom Izzo, out of the fucking clouds. People thought he was dead in the water. A little bit of me, too. Like, I know it's Tom Izzo, and I know every year during the season, State has that loss or they lose a couple and everyone starts freaking out. Izzo's washed. Izzo's washed. And that's always crazy. He's a great basketball coach. He's a great tactical coach. And he's been a great recruiter for 95% of his career. But you'd be lying. If you're sitting there, you can be the biggest Izzo truther on the planet. The last couple recruiting cycles, the talent that we've received from it, ever since the Cassius Winston Xavier Tillman class, Ever since that, the Xavier Tumman Aaron Henry class, rather, ever since that, the talent we've brought in just hasn't been enough. You can tell from day fucking one that Aaron Henry team, it was Aaron Henry and then a bunch of okay guys. Last season, yeah, it was a better team. Like there was more talent spread around, but we didn't have enough high level talent. It's felt like when he's recruited, he hasn't been that aggressive in the portal, hasn't really gotten any of these high end guys, these game changing guys. He got Max Christie, didn't really pan out. Tom Izzo is putting on the full court press for that second natty. And it's fucking incredible to see because, like I said, it felt a little bit like maybe he was sitting there going, all right, we'll do it a couple more years. I'll ride off into the sunset, one a natty, eight final fours. That'll do. No, bro. Fuck no. Tom Izzo wants more. Xavier Booker says he wants more. Jeremy Fears says he wants more. Gary Norman says he wants more. If he pulls Cohen Carr, he fucking wants more. Tom Izzo wants a number number two. You don't think he sits at home at night in a fucking rocking chair drinking a cup of hot cocoa going, that shit was in 2000? I won my natty in 2000, 22 years ago? That's not cool. That ain't good. That's not enough. I should have more. I've been to eight Final Fours. I won one of them bitches. I should have at least two. I should have at least if he sees Jeremy Fears, Xavier Booker, and Norman sitting right there for the taking. How about I bring these three stallions in? I coach them up the Michigan State way, and we go win number two. How about that? Shout out Tom Izzo for turning it on. I was starting to waver with him. I was starting to be like, dog, if your whole thing's going to be let's go get the 114th best player in the country because he went to Clarkston and call it good, that, like, Michigan State's better than that, bro. I hate to say it. Michigan State's better. Alabama, Nick Saban, they don't go, yeah, well, he's whatever. He's good enough. No, they go, who's the best fucking player at his position? I want him. Tom Izzo kind of lost that fire, but it's bad. Who's the best player? Xavier Booker? All right. Yeah, come to state. Who's the best point guard in the country? Arguably. Jeremy Fears, for sure, top five. All right, we'll take him. Fucking yes, Tom. 
This is the Tom Izzo of old. This is hungry Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo wants a second national championship. And right now, there is nothing anybody can do to stop him on the recruiting trail. Momentum is through the roof. It's almost like he's feeding off Tucker a little bit, I swear. Like Tucker got in the building, started recruiting, and he's like, shit, I got to work harder on the trail. Jeremy Fear, Xavier Booker, Garrett Norman, bring us number two. Quick break. I need to talk about traffic. I need to talk about driving. People in California. The 405, let me set the stage. So the 405, if you've never been to California, the 405 is the widest fucking freeway I've seen in my life. You could literally land a plane. This isn't hyperbole. You could land a plane, dude. One of those planes with two floors that goes to England. They serve you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You could land one of those birds on the 405. So why is it when I drive to work at 620 in the morning, okay, and there are like four other cars on the road? 10 lanes, the speed limit's 70 miles an hour. There are people going 60, dude. Why is it there's nothing around? Nobody around. No one close enough that they could hear your car. And you're going 10 under the speed limit. Where I'm from in Michigan, people go 10 over and there's kids playing dodgeball six feet off the road. We're on the widest freeway in America, dude. It's 6 a.m. and nobody's around and you're going 60 miles an hour. How the fuck did you get your driver's license? Honestly. Quick break. I, I, I no, I don't get it though. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like people, if you've never seen the 405, it's tough. You're going to have a hard time comprehending how ridiculously large this freeway is. Like you'd see it. If you saw it at six in the morning, you'd be like, who's the asshole that decided to make the world's largest freeway for no fucking reason. You know what I'm saying? Like compensating what highway contractor was compensating when they built the 405, right? Like that's how big this thing is. It was smart. It gets crowded afternoon. It's no fun. We'll be there. There's nobody around, dude. There is no, there's six cars in my eye line. And there are people that are just going slow. Like what? The whole point of the freeway is to just go places fast. You don't need to think about touching the brakes. All you got to do is go straight. All you got to worry about is not going right or left. That's it. You touch the gas and you fucking go and you watch the car in front of you. That's it. So why the hell are there people that go 60 miles an hour on the freeway? I don't know if it's a Californian thing because, I mean, that's when I noticed it. I'm sure it happens everywhere, but I noticed it when I moved here. Isn't that odd? Isn't that odd? The freeways get bigger. You have more space. They're better paved, right? It doesn't fucking rain here. It doesn't get cold. You think there's cracks in the concrete? Think again, Don. Think again. And yet people are going 10 miles below the speed limit on these freeways. Make that make sense. For real, how did you pass your driver's test? Like, what's the deal? Californian driver's license instructors. We got to look into reforming that department. Everybody wants to talk, oh, education, oh, COVID, oh, abortion. How about driver's license test runners, test instructors? How about that? You see people go 10 under on the freeway and you're like, yep, they're good. Give them their license. You should send them upstate to a fucking institution. You're go you should be sitting there like, you're going... 
10 under on the 405 and there's nobody around? Yeah, we got a 122 clinically insane. No, you're doing a great job. We'll do the parking, the parallel parking next. Yeah, great job. That's how you should be looking at them. You should be driving like when you have that second appointment with them and you go, all right, we're going to go on the freeway again today. Yeah, this should be fun. You should have a fucking butcher's knife waiting next to your seat. Like, I don't know what this person's capable of. They're going 10 under on a freeway with no traffic. They, They might kill me. I don't know what they're, they're psychos for doing that. You should have a butcher's knife on hand. Forget the extra steering wheel. Forget the emergency brake driver license instructor. Have a goddamn pig's knife ready to go for this psychopath that refuses to drive 70 miles an hour. Like, can you imagine? Can you actually imagine? And I don't like to backseat drive. I'm not a bit. If you're driving, listen, you're driving. I'll close my eyes. I'll read a book. You do your thing. If I'm in the backseat of a car ever, Friends, family, strangers, don't give a fuck. And they're going 10 miles and under, 10 miles below the speed limit. I, I'll call the police is what I'll do. I'll go, excuse me, um, are you intentional? Like, are you trying to get in an accident? That's what's crazy is these nitwits. These nitwits probably sit there going, oh, man, this is this freeway is big. Like, I'll go extra slow to stay safe. You're going to get in a goddamn accident. That's how you get an accident. Going 60 miles an hour when I'm blasting off the entrance ramp looking for a place to merge and this person's got their kids in the back acting like they're pushing a stroller. You're in a Mustang, dude. Touch the gas pedal. It's pathetic. I don't understand it. Like we talk about how great the human race is. Oh, self-driving cars. Oh, we're going to colonize Mars. Oh, nuclear submarines. How about we learn how to drive cars? Can we do that first? Can we worry about vegan burgers after we figure out how to use a fucking acceleration pedal? Is that a crazy thought? This is how bad people are at driving. This is how dumb human beings are. First thing, you take a class to learn how to drive the car. And I know when you're sitting there and they pull out the projector, nobody's listening. You should, like the first couple of times, you should learn how to do it, right? I remember when I got on the freeway the first time, my driver instructor was like, accelerate. Don't touch the brake unless you have to go fast. Like when you're entering, blast it, gun it, get up to speed and go. Great advice. Our drivers today, like, are we becoming woke with driver's lessons where it's like, now listen, you want to go a little bit slower because you'll save a little gas and save the environment. Is that the angle? Is it, you want to go a little slower, check your surroundings. Is that it? Who the fuck is telling these drivers, oh, don't go the speed limit. Actually go way below it. But, but Mr. Instructor, there's nobody on the road. I Does it look like that matters? Go slower. Go slower. Nobody has anywhere to be. Nobody's going to be angry that they have to merge out of the lane and go around you because you're driving 60 miles an hour on a wide open freeway. Nobody's going to be upset with you. Like, where the fuck does it come from? I really don't understand. This is how dumb. This is how dumb the human race is. Elon Musk is talking about high-speed trains. Elon Musk is making flamethrowers. We're doing all this crazy shit. Humans are so smart. Neuralink robots. We have people that work at crosswalks. We have traffic controllers. The guys with the whistles who are going, move left. You come here. You left. You come here. You left. There's a four-way stop. And we need another person to tell us who's going. (laughs) Come on, guys. Come on, guys. It's a four-way stop. Whoever gets there first gets to go. Right-hand turn has the right-of-way. What else is there? 
If there's people on the walkway, don't drive. You need another person. We're paying another person to sit there with a whistle and their AirPods in and go, you, you, come here, come here, stop. Come here, come here, come here. It's a four-way stop. You can see the other cars, can't you? As far as I know, blind people not allowed to drive. Don't want to discriminate, but that's probably for the best, right? You can't even get to the fridge without stubbing your toe. What's going to happen when you try and drive to the gym? You got to pay a guy to tell you when to go. And we got roads where you can go 70 miles an hour. Those same people that need someone with a fucking whistle to tell them when to drive through the stop sign, they're allowed to drive on the freeways. They're allowed to go on the 405. How the fuck does that make sense? You don't let kids buy cigarettes. You don't let disabled people into the army, but you let brain dead individuals drive cars on America's busiest freeway. You're going 60 miles an hour and there's nobody around. You may as well be driving a boat in the middle of the lake going, hey, no, everybody, sit down. We're going to go five miles an hour until we get back to the dock. But there's no one around. No, no, we're going to go slow. I really don't understand it. I really don't understand it. The war on drugs, bringing our veterans back and reassimilating them. COVID, abortion, the election. How about driver instructor? Where's the funding for that? Who's the politician that's going to run their candidacy on reforming driving school? I want to vote for them. I want to shake their hand. Who's the candidate that promises he, while he's on watch, there will never be another person who goes 10 miles an hour under the speed limit on freeways in his country or state? Where's that candidate? That's who I want to vote for. Let's get everybody where they want to go. We're always talking, this country's so divided. Nobody can agree on anything. It's blue versus red conservative versus liberal. Everybody hates each other. Everyone's fighting. I got a feeling it might be because everyone's pissed off that Nancy coming from soccer, soccer practice is going 52 in a 65. And I'm not even a road rage guy. Like I'm pretty patient. I'm doing this, hoping one day this can be my full-time job. That I think that alone speaks to my level of patience. If you're on the freeway, dude, you shouldn't have a brake line. You shouldn't, unless you have to stop. It's fucking absurd. And that's the other thing I don't understand. How does it work? The, everybody's seen these people. You're on the freeway. There's no one. In, there's one car in front of you and nobody in front of them, but they're on the brake the entire time, but they're accelerating. <laughs> How does that make sense? Are there brake lights that just stay on? Is there a way? Do people drive with both feet, just like lightly tapping the brakes and then pushing down on the gas? I see that, I swear to God, once a day, someone driving on the freeway with their brakes on the entire time. They have no reason to stop. There's no intention of stopping. They're just driving with the brake light on, but they're somehow still moving. Did their brake? They're just driving without brakes that work because if the brake light's on, how the fuck are you still moving in a straight line, right? How the fuck are you getting closer to destination, right? And why are you braking? Why is your brake on? What the, there's no one for a mile in front of you. Why the fuck are you touching the brake? Do you just feel a little uneasy if you don't have a foot on the brake the entire time you're in the car? What is that about? Use the gas pedal. You're on the freeway. Use the gas pedal. Ride a bike if you want to brake all the time. Right? Walk places if you want to use the brake all the time. 
You're on the goddamn freeway. Take your foot off the brake unless there's cars stopping in front of you, you know? And I hate to lecture. I'm never going to use this passion of mine to become a driving instructor and educate the future of America. I'm never going to do that. But like, guys, you're on the freeway. The speed limit's 70 miles an hour. Are you dumb or are you an asshole? Which is it? Because it makes no sense. You're going 60 miles an hour. On the 405 at six in the morning, nobody's around. You're going 60 miles an hour. Who the fuck taught you how to drive? And did they shoot themselves in the head shortly thereafter? Like, I really don't understand. You should be thrown in prison. You should be thrown in a sanitation chamber. I don't care about the war on drugs. I don't care about politics. I don't care about abortion. I don't care about Mexican people coming into America. I care about the fact that people go 10 miles an hour under the speed limit on our freeways. I think everybody would be a little more happy if that wasn't the case. There'd be a little less fighting, a little more harmony if everybody got to where they were trying to go because they didn't have to wait for Larry, who's got 14 pairs of seeing glasses, looking over the steering wheel, touching the brakes the entire time. I think we'd be in a better spot as a nation. So Elon, let's put down the flamethrower. Let's stop worrying about aliens on Mars. Maybe throw a couple of those billion towards teaching people how driving is actually supposed to function. So when the speed limit's 70, you should go 70, not 60. You should go 70. Smoke another doobie with Joe Rogan and talk about how people need to drive faster. Like something, Elon. 70 miles an hour and you're going 60 on the 405? Dude, during the French Revolution, they would fucking behead people for stealing a loaf of bread. Can you imagine what they'd do to you if you were driving your horse and buggy at a standstill pace on the main road in France and Paris? Bro, they'd castrate your ass and I wouldn't be opposed. I'd be sitting right there, baguette in hand, going, yeah, wee, 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 parlez-vous, wee, wee. 60 miles an hour in a 70. Do you hate everything? Can you think? Do you see the mirror where everybody's behind you in a single file line? Did you listen for a second in driving school? Have you ever gotten in the car with someone else and they go the speed limit and you're like, whoa, that's weird. It's unbelievable. All right. That's all I got today, folks. Appreciate everybody being here. Appreciate you listening. Um, got a little random episode today. Check out the secondstring.com for those piston shirts. They're so fucking gas. Uh, they'll be on sale this weekend and then they're gone. So don't come crying. Check them out. Get them gifts, whatever, birthday, treat yourself, whatever the case is. We'll be back here on Tuesday or Wednesday, probably Wednesday. Um, until then, have a wonderful weekend. I appreciate the support, everybody who listens. I'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.